Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Houndstooth Heroes, a fully integrated sports machine. If you're on SoundCloud, you can find us at Houndstooth Heroes, obviously. And thanks to the Mothership Roll, Bama Roll, for allowing us to be their most unofficial podcast. You can now find us and subscribe on iTunes or join us on our Facebook page or on Twitter at H2Tooth Heroes. My name is Greg Dawkins. I am joined, as always, by the friend and co-host, Ellis Metz. What you drinking, Ellis Metz? Evening over there, Mr. Dawkins. Tonight, I'm looking at a, uh, I classed it up a little bit, a famous grouse neat here in my hand. You are fancy. Uh-huh, uh-huh. How about yourself? I am drunk on the Cubs, my friend. Drunk Well, in addition, I'm also, I'm also drunk on bourbon, but that's beside the point. Sure. I've been watching the Cubs for three hours, so... Just a uh, fair warning, I am hammered. He's loose tonight. I'm a little loose. The Cubs did well tonight. Uh, I, I would like to, we usually start off the show with uh, what is horrible, mm-hmm. and I would like to go ahead and say nothing is horrible. Life is wonderful. The Cubs are winning baseball games. Uh, the only other thing I can say is I'm a little distraught. Uh, because Galette was offering this weekend in Tuscaloosa name tags that said, hello, my name is Joey Freshwater. Mm-hmm. And I really wanted one of those. Um, if you have not been a, made, made yourself aware of the ballad of Joey Freshwater, uh, the internet is there. You should probably use it because that shit is hilarious. Um, uh, let's see. That's uh, but The other thing is, I've spent the weekend at Druid City Brewery. And Getting back into the ballad of Joey Freshwater and the Hello, My Name Is, we're a little pissed that we did not think of that for Druid mm-hmm. City. We, we fancy ourselves as a smart people, um, but apparently we did not think of something that genius and allowed Galette to get away with it. So should you think of anything funny or smart that we should do, because we clearly don't have a handle on that, uh, let us know. Uh Join us on our fantastic Facebook page, where we are 10 likes away from 100. Hey. We'd like to hit that. You know, anyway. Anyway, enough about me. What about you? What is horrible with you, my friend? You know, uh, it just came out this evening that the old ball coach is prepared to step down tomorrow, and i got to be honest, the news has me a little shook. I can hear you. I can hear you on that. Yeah, he's uh, he's an East Tennessee native. I Yeah, well, there's... Did, fault, does he live in your neighborhood like Fat Phil? Fault number one, no, thank you. Like no, thank you. Uh, I will say, though, I once had a picture, I guess it was after the 1998 Alabama football season, when we beat uh, the Spurrier-led Gators, not once, but twice. Were you four at the time? I was a little older than that. <laughs> a couple of years. Uh, but I printed out, it was very hard to find, and very advanced technology in its day, uh, a screenshot of Spurrier's kind of semi-crying pouty face with his visor on as the CBS score showed the final at the bottom. And I printed that out in black and white and pasted it to my Trapper Keeper for the on rest your, of the school year. dot matrix printer? Exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so a Spurrier fan from way back, you got to love what the guy brought to the SEC. The question is, uh, does this Augusta membership hold up through a retirement? That's- that is a solid question, my friend. And I mean, let's—I mean, and it's on a serious note. Let's—I mean, he is retiring immediately, which, in a lot of ways, makes me concerned. Why? Mm-hmm. Why aren't you finishing the season? Is there's some sort of diagnosis forthcoming that we should be a little fearful of? Because, uh, you know, I, why wouldn't you finish the season if you're Spurrier? I mean, granted, your season's going to shit, but finish it out. And let, but what's 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 the rationale for uh, getting out immediately? Yeah, I agree, and having an interim lined up is uh, what the report says. that It just doesn't sound good, so thoughts and prayers are with the Spurriers, but hopefully he's all right and may even end up uh, coming on the show and trolling some more people. You never know what could happen. Exactly. Maybe he'll even like our Facebook page. Hey. Uh, nevertheless, all right, let's get to it. We want to reflect on the Arkansas game, I guess, a little bit which I will call a tale of two halves, if you will. A tale of two halves and two hates. Yeah, we'll start with uh, what we did hate. 
And right. yet again, it's that first half Jay Coker, man. You're St. Paul's Saint Jay Coker. I know, but, you know, like like a true St. Paul's man, he comes through in the end, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that uh, later. Yeah, you know, he, he uh, two interceptions. One was tipped, but it was horribly overthrown. It was a very bad pass. And led to Arkansas points. The second interception was intended for O.J. Howard, but thrown into double coverage. But the first one, well, actually it's the second one, is the one of particular interest. Uh, it was toward the end of the second quarter, at the end of the half, mm-hmm. and then something went down, if you will. Yes, I believe it's a... Uh, you that matter? I will. It, I'm going to go on and title it hashtag Burt Flop. There, right. <laughs> there was a bit of a skirmish there on the sideline. Uh, Alabama offensive lineman Cam Robinson had been trying to make some tackles and it got a little uh got a little frisky frisky thank you uh-huh. a little right. dicey over there by the sideline and so they're kind of pushing two players are pushing as they stand up and Bert just totally unnecessarily inserts himself into the situation and kind of waves his arm around I'm doing it I wish you could see this like a <laughs> like an 80s jazzercise type thing he's doing oh, that's hot. he's that's sort of hot. rubbing his butt into Cam Robinson and Cam just kind of moves his shoulder, and when he does that, Bert flings his arms up in the air and turns and acts like he's been hit, and then immediately turns to watch the referee, and as soon as the yellow flag comes out, Bert does this little jig, the uh, the Papio Daniel dance, as it was called today, and then a fist pump uh, in celebration of tricking a 20-year-old kid into overreacting. Who does that? Man. Effing Bert, man. It's such a I mean, bad look. When you have, but you know what? When you have an eighteen million dollar buyout and you know, you know you're going to work the next day, who really gives a shit? Act a fool, I guess, is well, all you can do. And he's been doing that uh, by yeah. the dozens. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that. Then there's also, um, man, what are we going to do about the Polish sausage? Oh, his visa is. In question again. It totally is in question. We're Number ninety nine, Adam Griffith. Uh, yeah. he missed a twenty five yarder. He did make a twenty four and a forty. Uh, it is, and and I right when it happened from the stadium, I was actually in the building. I sent a text to friend of the program, and he, if you've been listening, you know he's been on to talk about our kicking woes because he was. Uh, Alabama's kicker in 1980, right before I got there, so I would say 85, 86, whatever, something like that. He was number eight in your program, but number one in your heart. He was That's right. poorly, And he's been on, and I texted him a text immediately. I was like, is that a laces issue? Because we've talked about uh, where the laces turned in, turned out, or are we just dealing with a shitty kicker? And he said, from what I could tell, the laces were fine. He mm-hmm. just missed a 25-yard kick. And I don't mind our kicker missing. I'm grown accustomed to our kicker missing field goals. What I'm not okay with is missing a 25-yard field goal. Yeah, and it was early on and just kind of we needed it. There, Nothing had really gone too well in our favor, and we needed those points and doinked it. Doink, exactly. Uh, the other problem, something else we hated particularly in the first half, our offensive line pretty much manhandled mm-hmm. by the de- Arkansas defensive front. Yeah, it was ugly. Uh, Derrick Henry only got 95 yards on 37 carries. He averaged three and a half per carry, which other teams would probably take. I mean, they're not horrible numbers, but he worked for every single yard. Uh, the aforementioned Cam Robinson of the hashtag Burt Flop Burt incident. Flop. And Ryan Kelly uh, really looked overwhelmed against the Arkansas D-line. They were just slow and not nearly as powerful. I will say Saban said today in his press conference that uh, Cam was a little banged up and didn't practice, and he thinks that made a big difference in his performance over the weekend. Okay, and I'll also say Arkansas sees a running team in practice every day. That's what that's they. It's not like they have the personnel to deal with, you know, a passing team. So if you're going to run against Arkansas, they are well prepared. If you're going to run, uh, so I guess in that sense, since they see it all the time and they're prepared for that, 
then we should have been prepared for them to be exceptional against the run. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, you know, just like the way we match up against certain teams, they match up very well against us as we've seen over the past two years. Exactly. Um, would certainly like to see more points put up against them, and that will lead me into another thing that we truly <sighs> hated, and I'm going to let you run wild here so hide your kids um, hide your wives but let's talk about the red zone play calling the motherfucking red oh. zone play calling again again all right dude i mean look i loved lane kiffin i'm a fan of joey freshwater take your pants off get buck wild do what you want to do you know just just plow as many co-eds as you want to but i don't understand you're running the ball. You're doing fairly well running the ball. And I'm not saying you should exclusively run the ball. Mix it up. Go crazy. But when you get into the red zone, and by, not into the red zone, but I mean inside the 10, why do you suddenly just have to throw the ball three downs? Every single down. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I will say, though, I would almost rather see us throw the ball than another jet-wide receiver sweep. God. It's driving me insane. I mean, oh. you do, and, and and this is not, it's driving me insane, not because it is one game. It's because right. this is a consistent thing that happens. We have a, whatever was working to get us down the field was obviously working. And we get inside the 20, and we just get cute as hell. We put on fedoras, we grow out mustaches, we put on some skinny jeans, and we decide, all right, we're going to get fancy and fucking and, and, and do some weird stuff and think we're going to take catch them off guard. Guess what? They're not caught off guard. They watch film, too. They know we're going to get cute inside the 20, and it never works out. No, you're right. And it's not even consistent so much in that we just go from the run to the pass, but when the pass is working really well, we get down there and all of a sudden we want to run the ball. Bingo. It's, it's just, it's like they don't see what happens between the 20s and just focus on that one area. It's disturbing and it is a trend, I agree. Hate it. Exactly, and I'm sorry for being not suitable for work, but you know, don't, watch, don't listen to us at work. That's your problem if you do. Uh, the final thing is that we hated, well, I didn't so much hate it as so much as a guy I might share a betting account with uh, decided to take Alabama and that backdoor cover that killed us. Oh, but bro. honestly, <laughs> if you took Alabama to cover this game, you were a freaking moron. Coming off Georgia before the ATM game, this was going to be a letdown. And if you've paid any attention to Alabama football forever, Homecoming games are always horrible for us. This is not unusual. I don't care who it is. You know, if, if we're playing Livingston on homecoming, we're not going to cover. So we have that going for us. I believe that's University of West Alabama these days. Uh, man, it felt so good when we, we scored with like two minutes left, and I just knew we had it, and it was such a gift. And then we never, never had it. Oh. All right. What did we not hate, Elsmite? There had to be some things. There were a number of things, a semi-small number of things, and you've got to start on the defensive side of the ball. That is just such a joy to watch. If you appreciate oh, yeah. good, old-fashioned Alabama football, this defense is a work of art. Uh, Reggie Ragland, the man, oh. number 19 in your playbooks, number a billion in your hearts. He just ate Does that both. work? Does that ate work? People alive. Yeah, he uh, he was like corn on the cob. He ate them. Saban came out today and was like, "Yeah, he done did it. He just uh -huh. he's the man." And he uh, doesn't, Saban doesn't lay around and just praise people. Mm -mm, but you had to. He got eight tackles on the day. Seven of them were solo. Uh, one tackle for loss. Two QB hurries. And honestly, that number seems conservative. He was all over the quarterback all game. Yeah, I mean, it was an amazing thing to watch. Uh, not. I, I haven't. I mean, I don't. I'm trying to think of when I've seen one player, and this is probably this is I'm not probably this is before your time, but Cornelius Bennett is the best, mm -hmm. the be, the better example I have of when watching a defensive player just just eat everybody alive from the just live in the backfield and just destroy people. Uh, that's the the example I have is. 
Cornelius Bennett against Notre Dame and I probably in probably eighty eight. Uh dude Biscuits. was just, just insane. Uh and this was reminiscent of that. Yeah, I I can see that and I've been watching the uh SEC story they've done on Derek Thomas. If you haven't seen yeah, that, it, it's a nice story. Example as well. Yeah, so just a pleasure to watch, like I said. Uh, our boy, Eddie Jackson. What about Eddie, Eddie Jackson? Eddie, we, we never doubted him. Sitting on Eddie Jackson. We just never did. <laughs> all of a sudden, Eddie Jackson is an interception machine. We knew it all along. Exactly. And I will say this. Uh, this is, you know, your stat of the week of the week of the week. Uh, last year, the Alabama defense had 11 interceptions all year. This year, through six games, we have eight. Wow. So, I mean, that was a point of concern, obviously. Something we've – that and rushing the passer have been a thing that we had some concerns about. I mean, our defense is always, you know, a little, a little step above, but there are always things you can nitpick. And it was rushing the passer and getting sacks and interception. And I think we pretty well turned around the interception problem this year. Mm-hmm. And we've gotten a lot more uh, pressure on the quarterback as well. I've been pleased uh, all around. Uh, on the rest of the defense, uh, Arkansas gained 44 yards on 25 rushing attempts. Uh, they, no, not bad at all. We forced their quarterback to throw the ball, which he proved basically unable to do. This is the second or third week we've seen that and will probably be a theme we see throughout our SEC schedule. Uh, and again, this is all against Arkansas's O-line, which is, again, the largest in football. The largest in football. Uh, yes, not just not the just largest make, in football. Not just college football, like all the damn football, like NFL, college, I mean, CFL, the Lingerie League, everything. Yes, including the Lingerie League, Arkansas outweighs them. Really? That's shocking. Maybe the entire league, come to think of it. That's pretty impressive. Uh, the yes. final thing, uh, J.K. Scott, he could be back. We don't totally hate it. it he still didn't look... Like the J.K. Scott I have in my mind, uh, but yeah, he, he. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about your. You know. Well, you know very well what was, I'm envisioning. He was averaging 50, 50 yards a punt, which you know, hey, that's a hell of a step up from thirty four. Yes, exactly. He had a long of fifty eight on the day, so maybe back. Who knows? Didn't hate it. Exactly. Uh, all right, so we're going to turn and pivot, if you will, Ooh. to Texas A and M. What I don't have a whole lot to say about them. I mean. They are what we thought they are. I mean, they, you know, they've hired John Chavis, and he has fairly well improved their defense. I, mm-hmm. I've been reading a little bit about them, and apparently their points per game have decreased fairly substantially from, I think, down to, like, from, like, 28 to about 21, and that's great. But the teams that they've played have been of, of measure have been Arkansas and Mississippi State. So, and those are not exactly, and I think State, they beat State 30-17. to yeah. Arkansas was an overtime game, 28-21, if I'm not right, mistaken. That's correct, that's correct. So, you know, I'm not, color me unimpressed. I mean, it's not like they have been, they've played the top-tier teams yet. So, I, but I, so I guess like everybody, this is their test. Yeah, this will be a big test. Um I, I think under this John Chavis defense, they are a much better team than what we've seen in years past because they now have something to match up with the Kevin Sumlin offense. Uh, this year's version is led by one Kyle Allen. Is that the name of the football field? That's kind of, that, every time I hear that name, I think, isn't that the name of the field? <laughs> okay, I didn't know if I was alone in that. No, uh, no not at all. It's, it's Kyle Field, it looks like. Okay, whatever. Nobody really cares. And they probably call it Kyle Allen Field. Uh, I'm sure they do, because they're, they're weird and culty. Yes, and all you really need to know about Kyle Allen is that he beat out a bro named Kyler for the starting uh, job. Uh, I bet they live together, Kyle and Kyler. Um, <laughs> here's, uh, the one thing I do know about A&M and the complaints that people have registered about their offense, and which they're not running – I mean, they are, in a sense, running the hurry-up-no-huddle, but not to the sense that they were – when they had a quarterback that could run it like Manziel. They are running the ball a lot more. And in addition, there's been some complaints that their offensive coordinator, whose name I don't know, uh, kind of gets complacent. Mm-hmm. If 
things are working, if they find themselves up in the first half, which I don't think they're going to find themselves in this game, but nevertheless, um, he just sort of sits on his hands. And, you know, he has some weapons to deal with, but he decides to stop using them when he gets up by a couple of touchdowns. He's a real butch, is what you're telling me. That's what I'm telling you, exactly. (laughs) So, uh, with that, I mean, I don't... Yeah. Like I said, they are not running the crazy hurry up, no huddle, throw the ball over the field anymore. They are running the ball more than they A and M has done in the past. Uh, I, I don't know if that's out of necessity with regard to the personnel they've got or whatever, but they are not you know crazy you know light up the scoreboard A and M you know like as as obviously if they're, you're only scoring twenty one on Arkansas, only scoring thirty on State, you're not you know they're not putting up sixty five points like Baylor was. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. so this is a different A&M, and I think one that we are in a better position to handle. I would agree with you. Uh, their leading rusher is one Trey Carson, who I do think is a pretty good uh, quick little back back there. One interesting note that Kirby Smart, I hope you're listening to, uh, Carson has one completed pass for 28 yards this season. One. So, yeah. Well, he's the running back, though. Well, I know, but still. So um, it's in their playbook. They also have someone, this is just a fun fact, uh, in their backfield with the last name Dolezal. So I think he is related to one Rachel Dolezal of NAACP fame. Okay, fair. Uh-huh. I'm just going down their fun names now. They have a Ricky Seal, <laughs> Seals Jones, who I think balances beach balls on his nose from time to time. And then one that we should uh, be aware of all game, they have a kid from somewhere out in BFE, Texas, uh, by the name of Speedy Noyle. And really, if you're from Texas and known as Speedy, there's kind of something there. Right. Uh, but like. he, he does their kick returns, typically, and has broken a few. He is very speedy. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not going to say that we need to work on our special teams, per se, but just Son something to be aware of, you know. Son of a bitch. Yes. All right, we remain... La- I, I, and... You watch the game. Just I was in the stadium, and so you know it, it, it's harder to pay attention when you're in the stadium with so much going on. Yes, and it was a lot of there were a lot of fair catches, but it leaves us once again last or next to last in punt and kick return yardage. Did the did the did the fair catches look like they had to be fair catches, or is that just something that we? Do. Well, that's a good question. I think uh, I do think it was strategic. It was kind of uh, Cyrus's plan A, and then if there was just tons and tons of green room, uh, he would go to plan B, which was returning it. You're right to an extent; it does handicap our offense, and we definitely uh, pay the price on kind of starting field position. But that said, we end up with the ball typically, or at least we did Saturday, uh, which yeah. we can't have we said for the whole year. Well, yeah, I was going to say, we can't guarantee we'll end up with the ball when uh-uh. we have sort of a little history of fumbling. So, you know. Whatever. I'll take it. I, I thought I'll Cyrus did a decent job. I will point out another special teams concern that I even hate to just okay. add to the list, but our onside kick recovery at the end was atrocious. Jesus. Uh, we got the ball, but we basically but, just waited and hoped that they weren't running after it and maybe we would just kind uh, of catch it. Yeah, just just sort of just sort of fell into it mm-hmm. you know it's it, we got it because the odds are you're going to get it right. not out of any any real effort of on, on our part yeah and and the way it was kicked we certainly could have won it but we yeah. didn't do that yeah exactly uh, uh so anyway that that's our our fantastic uh breakdown of so in comprehensive, depth. comprehensive breakdown of the texas a&m team mm-hmm. uh which I, leads us huh I actually left out one. I did want to say their kicker has made a 55-yarder this year. A a Taylor Bertolet, hashtag bird flop, and you know know I hate a bird. You hate a bird and a bird flop. Yes. Um, All right. Well, that leads us into the weekly installment brought to you by Ellis Metz of what are those? <laughs> what are those? That's such a good question. And we had so many good answers uh, this week. You know, I would love to just hand it to someone named Kyler. Really, just anybody right. named Kyler deserves to be asked, what are those? You could point to his birth certificate and uh-huh. ask the question. Uh, but, and and it, you know, it's with kind of a sad heart that I say, 
that I award the Tennessee Volunteers this week's What Are Those Award because the smoky gray, hideous uniforms uh, did work out for them in the long run. We can get to that uh, here shortly. But uh, it was just an atrocious look, and the players looked like dogs in sweaters, like like <laughs> just uncomfortable, unnatural type the things. Thing you know it's a dog in a sweater. Oh, well, no, I do very well. Um, just a hideous, hideous showing from Adidas yet again, and begs the question: What are those? Exactly. Yeah. All right, we're ready to move on to the uh, most uh, spectacular portion of the program: the uh, picks, including the hate of the week. 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 Oh God. <laughs> all right, let's start with uh, two. Well, was, all right. Let's start with the Thursday night game, I guess. Speaking of Thursday, is just chock full of 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 fantastic sporting arrangements. Um, Barn is playing at Kentucky, where the Barn is favored by a point and a half. But also, your Chicago Cubs oh. will likely be in the event they don't close the series out tomorrow in the friendly confines of Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. They which you know, look, I've played, I've I've played this game long enough to know they're probably not going to close it out, so they'll probably be in St. Louis on Thursday. But if they are, the Cubs will be playing. In addition to the Saints, are taking on the Falcons, and I don't even want to talk about that. Mm-mm. But uh, mm, the game that we're here to talk about is Barn is at Kentucky, giving Kentucky a point and a half. Be hating. Yeah, you know, it's now you just got me so excited. That is a full slate for Thursday night, and. I might have to cancel cancel my appointment at the low T clinic. Exactly. Uh, this game really <laughs> just God, this game really intrigues me on a number of different levels. Auburn is coming off a bye week. There have been rumors floating all week that uh, Heisman frontrunner Jeremy Jones will be named the starter again. Is that what you're hearing now? I've been hearing that from my sources. Right. Uh, the world's most reliable. Um, Kentucky, meanwhile, is having a decent little year. They're sort of puttering, but uh, I think they're under the radar. I think they're better than what people think they are. I, I agree. They're n- certainly not the Kentucky of old, and they've got a Stoops up there, which is actually worth a little. I'll admit. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tails is a very good quarterback. I think I like Kentucky here. I'm hating the barn. I like Kentucky. And, yeah, in a very tight one. I do too. I, I think this is a. I think this is a – if you're a betting man, and certainly none of us on this program are or any mm-hmm. good at it, for that matter, um, I'm taking the under here. I think mm-hmm. nobody scores any points. I think this is probably a 17-14 to 14 game. But I agree with you. I'm going to take the Wildcats here. I think – I go back and forth. Auburn has to have this game to be bowl eligible. And mm-hmm. for a team that was picked to win the Southeastern Conference – that may not make a damn bowl. Man, I forgot all about that. People got so mad. They got no. They were they were mad online about that. I got to tell you, real mad, real mad. So oh. I, I go back and forth. Um, I, I, honestly, who gives a shit? Who well, that's game. true. But uh, I'm, if I have to pick one, fine. It's at home. It's in Kentucky. Maybe Kentucky gets excited about beating the. Uh, Southeastern Conference favorites. You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what excites a Kentucky person besides basketball. Right. But uh, hey, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put myself down for the for the cats. Well, I'll do it, brother. And we haven't really discussed other than the hilarity of the Duke uh, Williams Williams. Oh incident. yes. We haven't well, discussed Dakiel, if you will. Dakiel, I will. I like that. And name. We know him by his formal name. Yes, thank you. Um. We haven't discussed what it actually means for their football team because he was, even though he was playing at about 40% all season, and that's a little generous, uh, yeah. really the only weapon to speak of on the, yep. their entire offense. So I can't even call them a one-dimensional team at this point. I don't – yeah. I, don't, I mean, they don't, you don't have a quarterback. You don't really have a running back. Mm-mm. You don't have wide receivers. It's, that's got to be troubling. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, if that was my team, I, and Kentucky has a defense. Yeah, they do. You're right. I don't know that they score a lot of points, but they have a defense. 
because it's a stooge. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm the more I talk myself through it, I feel better about Kentucky and the barn not even making uh, Shreveport. Which, that you know. would be <laughs> truly enjoyable. Uh-huh. Speaking of Shreveport. I don't know, really. The barn in Shreveport, God almighty, that'd be hilarious. Also anyway. hilarious. They love that place. They vacation there. Exactly. All right, what's next? Speaking of Shreveport, is that where Louisiana Tech is? I believe it is. Uh, no, that's Ruston. Tech is Ruston. Right. Ooh, that sounds awful. Uh, well, the Ruston-based Louisiana Tech. Dang it, I don't even know their mascot. They um, are the Bulldogs. Are they? Yeah. They've got a great so logo, and that seems like a dumb mascot. Huh. Okay, well... So those Bulldogs take on some other Bulldogs of the Starkville breed. Uh-huh. And uh, Moo Yu, your favorite, God. is uh, getting 13 and a half at home. Who you hate? What am, what am I missing? I I wish I knew. Louisiana Tech cannot be that. I mean, are, are, are they better than what we think they are? What's going on? What's happening? Uh, I, well, I don't know. I will say that um, last <laughs> week I noticed Mu Yu took out their starters like maybe before halftime. Uh, right. One Dak was on the bench real early. I'm right. looking now. Louisiana Tech Bulldogs are four and two. They lost to Kansas State by six. They lost to yeah. They lost to Western Kentucky by three, which is another pretty good team. Uh, and then they are currently coming off of a three-point win against the Texas San Antonio Roadrunners. Oh, the Roadrunners are ass. All right, right. Yeah, they're Moo. one and five. Yeah, yeah. I'm taking Moo. Okay, Moo is going to run them out of the building. It's not even going to be close. Yeah, still Moo can't run the ball. They've got plenty of issues, but should have no problem here. So I'll hate the La Tech Bulldogs as well. One of the more intriguing matchups of the week. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss goes to Memphis. Liberty and Bowl, baby. Line, yeah, this line opened at Ole Miss was favored by nine. I believe you have some hot insider information that it has moved. It has moved now. Uh, somewhere I saw, I won't name any names or websites, uh, right. that Ole Miss is now ten and a half point favorites. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to hate on Ole Miss. Are you? Memphis is better than what people think. Um. If that nine stayed at nine, I would take Ole Miss. At ten and a half, this is a. I feel like this is a ten point game. Um, so depending on where you get it, uh, if it, but if it's ten and a half, I'm gonna hate the Rebels. Memphis, this is their game of the year. This is yes. what they have um, to beat a Southeastern Conference team. They're not going to do it, but they are capable of keeping it close and at home particularly. So I'm I'm gonna hate on the Rebs. I think it's, uh, it's a ten point game. See, I figure this has to be a veritable home game for Ole Miss. I mean, Memphis is. Memphis is already a Rebel centric town, but it's such a short drive. I can't imagine that too many Ole Miss fans will decide to stay at home instead of hopping right. up. Um, you know, Memphis is they had a bye week in between, but before that, played one of the uglier games of the season. I believe it was a Thursday night uh, against USF. Might have been a Friday night. Um, They won that 24-17. It was just a struggle to watch, really. Um, I I think Ole Miss comes out guns a-blazing here. I think Swag Kelly looks like someone who would give themselves a really dumb nickname again, which doesn't doesn't really work. I don't know. Uh, Quite the rap star. Yes, exactly. But no, I I like Ole Miss here probably by twenty or so. I think they cover oh. easily. Hating oh. the Memphis State Tigers. Gotcha. Oh, of the Metro Conference. That's right. Um, <laughs> all right. So the Vanderbilt Commodores, and you have some once again some hot insider information. Ooh. Um, Vanderbilt Commodores travel to South Carolina. Carolina the- was favored by eight and a half. And mysteriously, that line seems to have moved down to three and a half. How does that uh, even happen? I don't know. I don't think it's Spurrier related. I can't imagine that. I don't know. I I don't know. I, I don't I I don't know what to do with this game. South Carolina is probably worse than Vanderbilt right now. Um, but I think as the week plays out, 
we are recording on a Monday, and there might be some information coming out of Columbia about why Spurrier is retiring. We talked touched on that earlier. And if they have something to play for, um, Carolina could beat the hell out of Vandy. If they don't have anything to play for, I think it's a pretty tight game. So you're going to hate the Cox. <sighs> Man, I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to hate the Cox. I'm going to hate okay. the Cox and go doors. Okay. Uh, I just... I've I've learned just kind of I guess by being near it geographically how truly awful Vandy is at its core. Just I mean really deep down there's Why nothing. Why you talk about Pat and Robinette of the SA, perfect uh, SAT score like He that. got out of there. He had to retire from football <laughs> completely and I pin that on this awful Vandy football program. Uh, I just think there's nothing there that knows how to win that knows how to do much of anything football related so I am going to hate the doors hard fair here. Enough. Fair enough. Another intriguing one mm-hmm. it didn't seem intriguing before last week uh, but it is now. Mizzou travels to Georgia uh, if you know me I've been a big fan of Mizzou because my my thoughts on Mizzou is they keep winning the SEC East, and I'm going to keep picking them until they don't. Um, and I still think they might, because uh, Tennessee seems is what Tennessee is, and Georgia is falling into a pit, mm-hmm. uh, particularly because of the Nick Chubb situation. Yeah, that was brutal. First play of the game in Knoxville. Uh, if you saw it, I won't go into details, um, but they, they said he's having surgery on his PCL this week. Uh, so thoughts with the big guy. Yeah, and he's out for the year. So yeah. they don't have their top running back. They still have Sonny Michelle to run the ball, but he is more of a Kenyon Drake type runner instead of, you know, an up the middle pounding kind of back. So, you know, they have an outside game. Uh, but the line is 16. And I know it's in Georgia. <sighs> that still it just seems like a big number. Um, I think Georgia wins the game, but I'm – gonna hate on the dogs i think mizzou covers that number yeah and only because well all right no i'm not actually i'm gonna have a retroactive hate of the week or the week of the week oh my oh my and go back to that old miss game because i was i was about to award it here i'm actually i think i'm gonna hate mizzou here i think uh they are somehow getting worse and worse as the season goes along and i understand georgia has hundreds of issues right if that's, if that's even high enough uh to work out but i just i think this line is a a bait and trap is that a thing bait and switch oh, i don't know um no, no words words are hard <laughs> um, i think i think georgia may blow them out of the water here they have nothing left to lose and i'm hating the zoo should we go ahead and talk about Mark Rich right now? Yeah, what's the deal? Uh, do you Such a good man. Do, I mean, what, all those adopting all those foreign youngins. I mean, it's hard to say. You know, you got all those mouths to feed from foreign countries like Bangladesh or wherever the hell. But do you get rid of him at this point? I don't think you do. I think he has earned so much love and goodwill in Athens uh, that you give him. I mean, he hasn't really had a bad year in a long time that I can well, recall. Not a bad year. Many disappointing years. Pretty much every year has been disappointing. That's the thing. It's never bad, but it's always disappointing. They're always top five, and they never are. Right. It's it's and, uh, and I, I don't, tradition I don't like know, any, unlike any other. Right. And I, I don't understand. I don't know the UGA mindset in terms of what they really expect. But, you know, they thumped their chests awfully hard in August. And then by October, you never hear from them right. because it happens every damn year. So I don't, but, so I don't know. I mean, do you, do you get, do you, because you have that much to recruit from and you have that much talent and you win nine or 10 games every year. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what you do. It would and be I get really, hungry, but I'm glad it's not ours. 
Yeah, and we certainly need to be aware if they do fire him, Kirby Smart has to be number one on their list, I would think. He does. Obviously, he is a Georgia alum. But also, yeah. uh, Cecil Hurt of the Tuscaloosa News tweeted today that with regard to Kirby Smart, uh, be aware that South Carolina is a job that he might jump at. Yep, that would be another good one, too. And I've heard, I don't know if this was serious or not, Jeremy Pruitt's name, the current uh, Georgia D coordinator. Uh, mentioned for that South Carolina spot too, so could be some shuffling well, going on. From two a days to the Carolina coat, wouldn't that be amazing? That's just being born on third and thinking you had a triple. Uh-huh. All right. Anyway, moving to the the top ten matchup of the week. That's not us, right? Uh, Florida travels to LSU. There's been some developments this week with regard to the Florida games there have and I'm not certain that lightning didn't just strike a tree in my yard oh uh, well welcome back what the hell happened to you Matt Did your house explode well so we were here just casting like a couple of heroes will do and started hearing some pretty loud booms outside sounded just like a firework and right. turned around and the damn transformer done blowed up uh, blowed we were, up right outside your house. Blowed up literally like right outside the room we were sitting in. Uh, had a pretty nasty storm. Not that bad. Come through Nashville last night. Uh, and we were the lucky, lucky recipient of a strike. So there were like huge sparks flying from the transformer to my house and popping up and down the wire. It was a good little show for about five minutes. And then that died down. And uh, Nashville Electric came out and fixed me right up. A lot of going outside and dancing in it if I were you. <sighs> thought about it but then i thought the cubs play and i've got to watch that right let's yeah. just yeah 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 this is night two by the way uh we had to discontinue uh due to you know nashville blowing up Mets's house right and uh so the cubs has clinched the uh national league championship championship series so your boy is awfully happy tonight uh so we got that going for us mm-hmm. but anyway we're going to uh go ahead and get back into our Hates and our hate of the week, and this is my hate of the week. We talked a little bit of the week of the week of the week week, of the week of the week of the week. We talked a little bit about LSU in Florida last night. Um, LSU is the number still six and a half, or do we know? We'll say it's six and a half. Fair enough. Uh, Look, it's it. Given the new news of Will Grier being out for the Peds. And do you have any hot takes on the pet action and their starting quarterback being being uh, suspended for a year? Well, only this, and I'm not sure that it qualifies as a hot take, but is his brother actually some sort of YouTube sensation? Have you heard this? Wait, what? Supposedly, and I've seen this in multiple places, so whether it's true or not, I'm at least not alone, uh, that Will Greyer's brother is some kid named Nash Greyer. I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Uh, okay. Who is like a Vine or YouTube celebrity and runs around on on making videos of himself. Well, to the internet. Let's go. Let's <laughs> investigate on the internet. No, I have no idea. I yeah. Have, but anyway, uh, to the game at hand. Well, look, we're all big fans of Coach Mack. Sure. But um, and Florida has been doing very well defensively. Um, and I don't really, I don't really know that Will Grimes would presence or absence would make the difference in this game. The problem with Florida is they don't have the depth to to match up against LSU. And today, one of the Florida defensive people who I don't, I can't name that individual, made the mistake that one of the Auburn defensive mm-hmm. uh, individuals said that they don't see how stopping Leonard Fournette's going to be different than stopping anybody else. Um, it's substantially different. Than yes, yeah, yeah, I don't think he's been watching the game. <laughs> so, thing. with that, uh, no Will Grier, <coughs> billboard material, I just. Six and a half seems awfully low. It seems like a 17-point game to me. So I am going to hate on the Florida Gators. What about you, my pal? I am in full agreement, which means uh, the Gators will obviously run away with this one. By hundreds, but, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I just think Florida is due for somebody to just kind of put them in their place. And who better than Leonard Fournette? Fournette fever is oh. coming. And uh, I think the Gators are going to come down with a bad case of it. Yeah, I like LSU by at least two touchdowns. Fair enough. All right, uh, moving on to our final game and the game involving our Crimson Tide and the reason for our existence. 
Uh, the Crimson Tide is favored by four and a half, and it opened at three and a half at Texas A&M. Um, you got any hot takes? Uh, who you hating? You know, this game scares me, obviously. We've, we've talked about A&M's going to run a spread against our DBs who are at times questionable. Not you, Eddie Jackson. Not right. you. Um, but I think... I think we're going to be prepared. I think surely we kind of understand what these games hold now. I think we'll certainly be ready for the environment, if not uh, encouraged by the environment. Uh, it's going to come down to calling the plays that Coker can execute, which we did a great job of in Georgia. Granted, that's probably not quite as good of a defense or at least not as good of a D-line. Right. Um, we need Adam Griffith. That's that's yeah. a given. That's a given. Uh, I think it's probably a game. I, I, all right, I gotta say I don't love us to cover, but I think we win. I like the tide to sneak by. I'm gonna give it uh, 34-31. Okay, fair. Um, I got a couple of takes here. Please. One is an absolute stolen take uh, from our friend of the program, Joshua Black. Uh, who is in fact a barner, but a, one of one of the finest barners you'll ever know. Um, he had a hot take when we were at Druid City Brewery last week, and he said about Jake Coker, I tend to believe that Jake Coker is a better away quarterback than he is mm -hmm. a home quarterback. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you take the pressure away from Coker, and it just, you know, he's not... He doesn't have 103,000 people that are rooting for him and whatnot, breathing down his neck, and he just doesn't care anymore. He becomes an actual quarterback, and I think I think I think Josh probably has a point with that. Uh, second point I have is I've been seeing a lot of stats this week. I mean, now we like to malign our DBs. If you look at the actual stats on what they've done this year with regard to Cyrus Jones and Micah Fitzpatrick, um, it's a whole lot better than what we think it is. I think we're sort of uh, looking at last, a whole lot of carryover from last year where they were hot, hot mm -hmm. garbage, mm -hmm. and they're not really hot garbage this year. Um, and add to that, A&M is not running – they're running hurry up, but they're not running five wides hurry up. They're not doing Baylor's offense. They're doing more of an Auburn offense where there's a whole lot of running going on. Mm -hmm. So with that and with our front seven, I'm feeling a little more confident about it than you are. I am, I don't know. They scored 30 against State. They scored 21 against Arkansas. So I tend to think they're going to score some points. So my number is... 42 to 30, Todd. Mm, I like that. I mean, That's a high score. Well, they game. added John Chavis, but John Chavis is not the end-all, be-all when you don't have the personnel. Right. And they, they have they have a, a good amount of personnel there. There was never a lacking of people, but this is his first year. So I think we're going to go in and score some points. I think Jake Cooker is going to be better than he, he ever usually is. I think, uh, yeah, I think we cover... I'm not going to say, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it's a wipeout, but I think it, it could potentially be. I don't think it will be because of last year's 59 to nothing situation. So, uh, but I think we cover, and I think we cover fairly handily. Okay, your takes were considerably hotter than mine. Uh, I will say two really good um, kind of stat breakdowns that I saw today. And uh, for our two listeners, if mm -hmm. either of you like stats, which if you're right. listening to this podcast, obviously you do. Why would you? Yeah. Right. Uh, Nick Goulas went back and looked at the third quarter defensive stops we've gotten as a team. Some really kind of telling information there about uh, the big plays we've given up and uh, how brutal touchdowns allowed on third downs have been to us in particular. Really interesting stuff you might uh, right. Gain something from, and I then you can find him on the Twitter at at, at nic underscore gulas g u l a s. That's right. Uh, he's a, he's a smart individual when it comes to uh, breaking down stats. Yep, good Greek boy, and yeah. uh, and also Aaron Suttles. I think he may have just retweeted the stat that you may have been mentioning, talking about uh, Cyrus Jones is kind of quietly 
consistent yeah. and uh, strong showing for his senior year. And um, yeah, when you look at it, he and Minka are both pretty locked down covers over there and teams are targeting Marlin a little more, but he's still holding his own too. So not, not too it. discouraging. His damn neck still doesn't work, but whatever. Um, all right. Well, we have one final thing to lament and it is a funeral as it were. That's right. Uh, unrelated to football, but related to, uh, most everything else in your lives. If you grew up and, uh, and, uh, before the internet, uh, lots of us uh, found uh, the uh, issues of Playboy uh, made us a man in several ways, uh, and it's revealed this week that Playboy will not be featuring nudes anymore. So, uh, you know, I, you know, for the nine and ten year old kids out there, I don't know what you're going to find under your under your parents' bed anymore. But uh, it is uh, it's a sad day. It's a sad day for the uh, men for the young men growing up in America. Yeah, you know, R.I.P. It it used to be that you could sneak away and find some hiding spots with those, but uh, no more. Or if exactly. you do, you're you're genuinely just reading the interviews at that point. You're reading you're reading articles with Colin Farrell now. That's, so. that's right. And on a similar note, I wanted oh. to bring this up to you, and I haven't broached this subject with you. Me too. Uh, but I read a headline that that truly um, hurt me deep down. That uh, Helen Mirren has announced she is retiring her breasts from the big screen. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, damn. Right. And so really? I was wondering, yeah, and, and she's up there, Dame Mirren right now. Right. But, uh, yes. I was wondering if we should maybe nominate her as our all-time Houndstooth Heroes sweetheart. She is absolutely our all-time Houndstooth Heroes sweetheart. It goes I without mean, saying. Look, for 70 years old, dude, have you ever seen a better rack on a woman? <laughs> I can't say that I Let's have. Let's just cut to the chase about what we're talking about here. <laughs> well, well, maybe. I will just say, you know, Caligula, one of my all-time favorite movies. A spectacular uh, movie. For that, just a movie couple of that, reasons. Just that two made me a man. reasons there, yeah. Uh, just a sad day, and I was, I was upset about the headline and wanted to see if you had seen that. No, so. I have not seen that. I'm shocked and disappointed to hear all about that. But yeah, Hella Mirren, all-time Houndstooth Hero sweetheart. You heard it here uh, first. Yeah, one quick note on, uh, you know, because we're all about branding here. While you're sleeping, we're branding. That's right. Uh, we, are, we will be featuring Houndstooth Heroes uh, basketball-oriented T-shirts. We're going to have stickers, all kind of stuff's available, and you'll be able to find those. We should be getting them in and around the third Saturday in October, and they will be available on the Twitter at H2Heroes. You can find us on Facebook at our brand new Facebook page, which I would urge you uh, to go visit. Once again, our podcast is available on iTunes. You can subscribe to it there, and you will find us on SoundCloud at Houndstooth Heroes. Uh, so once again, we will see you next week. Thank you again for joining us. Take us home, brother man. All right. Y'all be good. Roll Tide.